Hey, Cap fans, Rick here. And as most of our loyal listeners know, typically the first Wednesday of every month, we do have a creator on the show and have a conversation with them. So if you were expecting Stephanie Phillips this episode, you're going to have to wait another week. Unfortunately, there was uh, something that came up. We had to push it to next week. So when you hear me say, welcome to episode 153, it actually is episode 152. So sorry for that, but uh, it's still a great episode. Hope you enjoy. Hi, this is Tom Brevoort, and you are listening to the Captain America Comic Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. We are up to episode 153, and I, Rick Verbonis, I am your host, and I am joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. To kill the brutals. For multiply at our legion. We rode out. We roamed the outlands. We killed. It was enough. Man was born to hunt and kill. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea, Rick. No idea? No. Uh, uh, that was a really poor attempt accent at uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> you know, for just a second after I said I had no idea, I said, is that a really poor fleeting attempt to... Sean, like Con Sean Connery. Yes, it was very poor, very poor attempt. But hey, the fact that you had it go through your head tells me I did something right. But but do you was recognize it Zardoz? It is it's Zardoz. <laughs> it is the movie wow. Zardoz, and I was quoting Zed, who was played by Sean Connery. Now, why am I quoting Zed from Zardoz, Bob? Could it be that we are once again diving into Dimension Z, Rick? Well, I mean, I, yeah, that that is kind of like the reason. But the real the real reasons I'm doing is because it was suggested to me by one of our listeners, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Michael C. Johnson uh, from the Facebook group, and one of our listeners. Um, he he pinged me, I guess, after reading or listening to the last episode where we we covered. Um, you know, dimension escape from dimension Z part seven. And that was an episode 148. If you haven't listened to that, you might as well, because you're going to be a little lost. Uh, anyway, after, after listening to that, he, uh, he pinged me and he, he said, uh, if you're still looking for a Z thing for an upcoming episode, I suggest you subject yourself to the Sean Connery anti-classic Zardoz and do the quote in your best Connery voice. So thanks, Michael. Shout out to you. Uh, I that was my best Connery voice. Well, there's only one way to go, and that's up. Only one way to go, Rick, and that's up. Right. <laughs> uh, you know what? Here's here's something else funny. Is yeah. um, after we did episode 149, which was the um, the Mister Hyde and and Scorpion one. Um, and I post that in the Facebook page and one of our listeners, Brent, uh, Brent Beisel, 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 I, I forget. Sorry. Sorry, Brent. Um, he, he, he posted, 
anyone else think that Rick's Mr. Hyde voice sounds a little like Daryl Hammond doing a Sean Connery impression <laughs> on that. Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Without the Scottish inflection. Right, right. Uh, and, uh, and then we have a lot a of vari- a lot of variables going in there. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I was my Mr. Hyde, I apparently made him think of that. And then and then he went down this wormhole and started watching all the skits on Saturday Night Live, which, by the way, hilarious. And Daryl Hammond does a really funny Sean Connery who's constantly berating um, uh, William. Was it? Uh, I want not William Forte. Um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's um, Alex Trebek. And uh, he's just constantly, oh, right. yeah, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, your mother, your mother was a whore. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what happened to Daryl Hammond. He was. He was such a talented guy, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen hide and hair of him in years. Yeah. Yeah. Now he. Mm-hmm. Now those skits uh, of of the celebrity Jeopardy were hilarious, and it was always great seeing like the guests on Saturday Night Live come on and like you know you know they would come on and be like, well, who, which, which actor or actress do you feel like you do a good personation of, and then. You'd have a guy like Ben Stiller come on and be like, ah, I, I want to do Tom Cruise, you know, and then they would write it for yeah. for him to do a Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you'd get the, you know, these these great impersonations, just fun stuff, just fun stuff. Yeah. And, and of course, they're constantly mocking each of the characters they're playing. Indeed. They should have, see... we, should, we should have them come on the show and do us. Oh, yeah. 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 Who, who, who should we get to play? Play me. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know about you, Rick, but, uh, you know, I started class last uh, Friday, new uh-huh. semester, and uh, do my whole spiel. I always tell the students at the end of class, come up. If you have any questions, now's the time. To... So kid comes up from the back and he says, I got a question. I'm like, sure. What is it? And he's like, does anyone ever tell, did anyone ever tell you you look like George Clooney? Oh my God. And Are we going to do this again? I said, I said every semester. So there you have it. There you have it. Who's your uh, celebrity doppelganger, Rick? Oh, it depends on how old I am and how much hair really? I have and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. When I was younger, when I was in my late teens, early mid twenties, uh-huh. I used to get all different kinds. I used to get um, uh, Ricky Schroeder. Oh yeah, I, I see got. That. I used to get um, mm-hmm. Greg Kinnear. When I was Greg, like 30, okay. I got right. like Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Um, I got uh not Michael J. Fox, but yeah, Alex P. Keaton. Like the character he played. Yeah, they were yeah. like, you know, like you look Alex, like Alex Keaton from Family Ties. But not Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Um okay. you know, there's, a, just, there's an actor I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. I can see him in my head. Um mm-hmm. and I've seen pictures of you with hair. Mm. And uh, and I think he that would be a, a, for me that would be the guy. I wish I could remember his name. I'm going to look him up. I'm going to try to. This figure is really out who helpful, was. Bob. This is yeah. great and yeah, but now you have something wonderful to look entertainment. To. You got something to look forward to. I'll share uh-huh. it in the group. How's that? All right, you do that. <laughs> you do that. Um, speaking of something to look forward to, make sure you stick around the end of this episode because we are going back to 1986 next episode. And so we got a uh, Bob picked out a really fun '80s comic, uh, and uh, we'll we'll tell you who it is. Well, uh, since I know, do do I have to stick around? No, no, you can leave whenever. Okay, good. it'll probably be the same. 
<laughs> All right. Um, you know, there's some um, birthdays coming up, Bob, for uh, comic book creators. Uh -huh. Now, yeah. if you, you are listening today, now today, uh, when this comes out, it's September 13th. Wow, where did the summer go, Bob? Um, we got uh, a few coming up this week. Uh, on the 16th, Kurt Busick. Uh, do you know who he is? I I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't he write the Marvels Project? He did. He did write the Marvels Project. Uh, he also yeah. was the writer um, on the Avengers series mm -hmm. when um, George Perez was the artist, and they re relaunched uh, Avengers, and Cap was uh, front and center on that, just like he was uh, on the Marvels Project. So Kurt Busiek. While maybe he hasn't written Captain America comics, he's certainly written the character in uh, in a bunch of other series. Yeah, he's, um, he's collaborated with Alex Ross quite a bit. Hasn't oh he? yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I I've reached out to him to ask him if uh, he would come on the show, and uh, this was back when the Marvels project um, was coming out, and he he was super busy and could not do it. Mm. Maybe it's time to reach out to him again. What do you think? Yeah, he might have more time on his hands now. Would be. Uh, also, this week birthdays is Roger Stern. Now, from a uh, lot of times, he gets overshadowed by the artist he worked with, John Byrne, mm -hmm. back in you know nineteen eighty, and when they did the what was it ten issues, I think. Yeah. Uh, but but his writing was really good during that time, uh, and really felt like he got Steve Rogers. Yeah. And, you know, he introduced Bernie Rosenthal and, uh, you know, some other uh, he made made sure that Cap had a or Steve, I should say, had a, a social life. Um, uh -huh. So Roger Stern, yeah, celebrating a birthday on the 17th. And then on the 18th, we got Joe Kubert, uh, you know, father of Andy and Adam Kubert. So who both, of course, worked on on the book. And then Joe has over the course of his legendary career has penciled cap, you know, here or there. Um, in fact, he had a, um, I remember he had a really cool cover too, but anyway, uh, so those are the birthdays this week. All right. Happy birthday guys. All right, Bob. So I, you know, let's, I think we should get to the comic. We, um, I know I mistakenly had said this was a eight part story. I probably said that a several times in the beginning. Mm. I think I corrected myself over the last couple of, issues but this is actually a 10-part story so we have three parts to go we're going to cover part eight tonight and uh i'm looking forward to this because we had as we have had many issues we've had quite the cliffhanger this last one <laughs> rick rick's looking at me because i was hell-bent for leather that we were doing uh issue number nine tonight because <laughs> in my mind we've already done uh, issue eight. So the the cliffhanger in my mind is the one thin of this issue that I must have done on a different podcast uh, in mm -hmm. my in my 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 dreaming world. Um, but it was a great great episode, by the way. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, let me ask you this question. Yeah. In in your dreams, when you're doing a, a a podcast in your dreams. Yeah. Are you prepared in them? 
<laughs> no, Rick, it's not like the real life. I can just kick back and relax in my dreams. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have one of those dreams where, you know, you're supposed to show up like, you know, the next day and you got this huge project due and you're not prepared? Um, does that happen to you? Like, I don't know. The podcast is supposed to go out the that night and you haven't edited it yet. Uh, uh -huh. Has that been in your dreams, Bob, where, where you you didn't edit the podcast? No, I have a staff who does that, but but is <laughs> <laughs> your staff name Rick? Rick, Rick, yeah, I have a staff of one that does that, yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I will say, Rick, in uh, pressure makes diamonds, so mm -hmm. great work. Okay, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do. Um, all right, so let's get to the. You want me to read the solicitation? For this one, Bob? Sure do, Rick. Okay. So this is for Captain America Volume 7, Number 8. And the solicitation Marvel put out for this is the main event in all caps. Steve Rogers has one chance to set any of this right. Broken, beaten, and near dead. He must defeat Zola or all is lost. Plus... The reveal of the year, a character you never expected reemerges. So, okay, Bob, let's talk about the cover. You right, usually do, do a great job um, describing the cover. So, let's let's talk about that because in All the right. solicitation, yeah. it says. You know, a big reveal, a yeah. character you never expected reemerges. And then here's the cover. Right. What do we see on the cover? Yeah. Well, Let's start uh, with Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Steve's got his he's got his his left hand wrapped around uh one of these mutates uh I guess neck. I don't know. But clearly this this mutate is either dead or close to it. And 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 he's throttling it. And he's got his uh, he's got his shield on his right arm and it's lifted slightly over his head. And he's a little crouched over over this mutate. But you can tell that his attention has been drawn. And so he turns his head back over his left shoulder to see who is standing there that has taken him by surprise. And he's got a completely shocked look on his face. And it's a face that's haggard, right? He's got his beard and his mustache and his hair's long. Well, it's chopped up, but it's 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 obviously you know, it's uh, he's been living rough, mm -hmm. and uh, and so he's shocked to see whoever is standing there calling his name. <clears throat> and can you describe? Um, is do we get to see who that person is? You know, we really don't, Rick. We just sort of uh, get to see about uh, from the from the right shoulder, maybe down to the to the knee from the backside and we only see probably a third of the body you know from the from the hand toward toward the center of the body and but whoever mm -hmm. it is uh is holding uh a very powerful firearm in mm -hmm. uh i'm presumably her right hand because we can tell even with the limited amount that we see that somebody's wearing a skin tight bodysuit in uh, mm. this woman is a very athletic uh muscular person uh, and her 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 bodysuit is 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 light colored you know even in the shadows we can tell that it's either a light gray or maybe even a white and it's splattered with blood 
Hmm. Now, um, when you say she's athletic, why do you say that? Well, Rick, you know, based on my experience, uh, I, I have I have seen you know lots of uh-huh. women, uh-huh. and uh, uh, very few in 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 a leather skin tight bodysuit. But those that I've seen, you know, you can either pull it off or not. And those who pull it off generally are very physically Ooh, they, fit. Oh, and, how and often so, do you have a woman pulling it off in front of you? <laughs> That's a different episode. And so, you know, we can see that she's got, you know, she's got some development in her, uh, her right uh, triceps and her gluteus maximus, I believe mm-hmm. uh, the technical term on the right side also seems rather, rather firm and muscular. Mm-hmm. This is just my, you know, my expert opinion, take it or leave it. Now, Bob, if you didn't know who this character was, would you have a good guess? I would, Rick. Uh, simply for two reasons. One is this the attire, mm-hmm. and the other mm-hmm. is just the calling out to Steve by his first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, it's somebody who knows Captain America's secret identity. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's familiar because she's comfortable, obviously, calling him by his first name, right? Instead right. of Cap or captain america or hey yeah. you flag guy yeah because i i can't remember at this point if steve's identity yeah. was public or not it goes yeah. back and forth you never know it is a cool cover um i know i know the owner of this original art uh who owns this cover his name is alberto gonzalez and he uh he's lucky man who owns this cover um matt in fact I think we're going to have him on the show at some point. This man owns, he is like legendary in the original art community for being a Captain America fan. He has probably, I don't know, four or five times the size collection that I do. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll never catch up to this guy. He, he, and you know, and the the amount of, he has more covers than I think that I have uh, total in my collection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So I, I'm looking forward to having him on the show at some point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he owns this cover and he's also a member of the Facebook group. So you've probably seen him posted something like this before. Mm-hmm. All right. So the creative team on this particular one, uh, Rick Remender is the writer, John Remenda Jr. penciler. And then it is inked um, both by Claus Jansen and Scott Hanna. I'm not sure looking at the pages i really can't tell from one or the other but maybe as we go through this we'll probably try to pick that out i think claus has a little bit more of a sketchy type of inking style to him where scott is a little bit cleaner um and not saying one is better than the other but differently different styles the colorist is dean white the letterer hey joe caramanga that's somebody uh, who uh, I think we're going to have on the show at some point, too. Editor Tom Brevoort, who has been on the show. This has a cover date of August 2013, so it's 10 years ago. Um, the release date was June 26, so it was actually on, on the stands back in June of 2013. Bob, would you like to read the recap and get everybody up to speed? I'd love to, Rick. Thank you. Previously... Villainous geneticist Arnim Zola lured Captain America to Dimension Z in order to unlock the secrets of the super soldier serum within Cap's DNA. 
Cap escaped, absconding with an infant he named Ian. For a dozen years, Cap wandered the desolation of Dimension Z, raising Ian as his own child. They were taken in by the Frocks, natives of Dimension Z, who opposed Zola's cruel reign. After a bloody battle between the Frocks and the monstrous mutates under the command of Zola's daughter, Jet Black, Zola was able to reclaim Ian, leaving Captain America for dead. As Zola brainwashed Ian, Cap fought his way back into Zola's compound. Cap gained an ally when Jet Black was moved by his selfless protection of the Frocks. But no sooner had Jet Black left to release the Frocks prisoners than a brainwashed Ian shot Cap in the back. Meanwhile, Zola's city ship has rocketed off towards our dimension, loaded with mutates weaponized to spread Zola's consciousness across the Earth. Well, that's really cool that Cap gained an alley. Um, I think that's... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Was I pointing out something? Because gosh knows I never make those types of mistakes, Bob. I know. I know. And yeah. being the gentleman I am, I never call you out on them. <laughs> no, you just raise your eyebrow. Well, I do make faces. I do, do <laughs> you that. Don't, don't, <laughs> you tell it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Did I say that wrong? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And and I got to tell you, what a cliffhanger that was, right? You have Jet turned on her dad. And the moment she goes off screen, Cap is shot through the back by his own son. And so uh, Ian turned on him. Quite the cliffhanger. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember in the last uh, episode covering this story, you had talked about it being a, what did you call it? An exit wound? Did I say that? I don't know. You said something because it, because the, 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 the shot went through him. Yeah. Yeah. Went in and out. Yeah. 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 Just a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. Tis but a scratch. All right, so this opening page is actually pretty interesting because it's it's seen from the perspective of Cap. So we're seeing the characters leaning over him as he wakes up. And what does he see? Agony shifts to numbness. The weary body no longer sees any use in sending the brain the message that it's injured. I've heard wounded men mutter about it on the field before they die. And as his eyes are, are opening from the darkness, <clears throat> you hear a sound. Wake up, brother. Wake. We must speak before you're killing. We must understand each other. Who's talking to him, Bob? Oh my God! It's uh, what are they called? Captain Zolandia. Yeah, how would you describe him? He is a mutate version of Captain uh, uh, Captain America. So he's uh, he's obviously a mutate, a very large, very large mutate, and he's got sort of a, a strange version of Captain America's uniform on. He's got the star in the chest and the, and the, the the red and white stripes. Except his his uniform is sort of a mottled muted gray. And uh, and he's got a, he's got, of course, the the mask on his face, the cowl. Uh, but instead of the A, it has a, a Z. Uh, and he's of course, he's got the sharp teeth and the big fists. And he's also got a shield that has uh, a serrated edges strapped to his his right arm. 
Yeah, he's uh, very daunting. Yeah. For I share more than just your genes. I share your memories and have truths to tell. Face. I know that face. Ian, my son. So how would you describe Ian? Yeah, he's uh, he's standing off to the side of Captain Zolandia with his uh, looks like to be his arms crossed, and he's looking down at Steve with uh, I think you could say it's an air uh, he, he, it's an arrogant look, but sort of uh, an air of uh, hostility and uh, disgust. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking down, literally and figuratively, on Steve. No, I I don't have a son. Things you have forgotten about our mother. Truths you run from. That truth that we killed her. And he punches Cap, which creates fireworks in his eyes. Ian, Zola's boy. No, I raised him. And he killed me. Poor sad mother. Buried a drunken husband. Worked to the grave feeding a sickly 98-pound parasite. Captain Zelandia tells me you were a leech on that poor dying woman's neck. It's why you went to fight in the war. To die. To forget. The cap kicks Captain Zelandia in the teeth, breaking him. No. She was the reason I became a soldier. Reason I fought for America. Ian's voice, distorted, confused. Zola's tampering. Dear God, give me strength. Help me. Help me get him home. Someplace safe. Just a few more steps. Just a little more fight. And Cap stands up and he puts his shield in the face of Zel Captain Zelandia. Arrogant pig, you deserve to die just like you sad mother did in a gutter. Ignore the terrible words. Boy knows better. Taught him right. Ignore the hole in your stomach and gaping wound in your chest. The cold blood seeping from them. And he continues to just pound away at Captain Zolandia. Lost too much. Vision pops. Lights flash. World. Shifts black after all this time. Fight! Fight for your misconceptions! The prideful kidnapper of children! The perfect embodiment of your hypocritical America! And he lean, lunges at Steve and he smashes him. Can't fail now. Stand back. Get your son out of here. Make him see. See what Zola's done to him. And he takes the shield as Zelandia is over top of him. And as an uppercut, he puts the shield into his throat, into his neck, just above his chest line. And he sticks it halfway in. Please, God, make him see. See what I did was right. And then he rips it out of his, his neck with a thrust and it's a very cool looking thrust, right? Like sure he is, yeah. whips the shield so fast that you see 
like a um it's almost like a you know it's a ribbon those... of color yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was going to kind of compare it to you know when you have a um flag dancers no i was going to think of, <laughs> you remember the night lights you know, like yeah. little glow yeah, sticks yeah. that you would okay. snap and then you would yeah. take them and you'd you know, throw them around and you could, but it looked like, yeah. you know. Like a continuous sheet of color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what's going on here with the shield. He's pulling it away and you see that, that ribbon, as you pointed out, but you also see the center star yeah. repeated, getting smaller. Very, very cool effect. It is. I've never seen it anywhere else. This is uh, the only time I've ever seen it done quite this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so he's basically killed, you know, Captain Zolandia. It looked like a fatal blow. But just then, behind Steve, uh, there's this big piece of debris that has clunked over the back of his head. You abducted me, protected you, trained you to fight, took me away from my home like a coward in the night, protected you from this life, corrupted me with your soft hypocrisy, manipulated by feints of compassion, trained me to be weak, taught you strength. I saved you from Zola. Say something. Stand up. Don't you always stand up? Stand up one last time and face the, this crime against my family. The last time you ever meddle in the affairs of Azola. And then we cut to, I guess, the throne room where uh, Zola is. And he's being talked to by the mutates that are describing what's going on to him. We have reached the altitude. We are prepared, our God. Zolandia and its furious inhabitants stand ready to infect Earth. Leopold. Released. Sent to eradicate Captain America. The battle is being recorded. As instructed. Leopold will kill the good captain. Rogers lacks the verve to kill the boy. Leopold will taste his first victory. The rest of the mutates? Gathered for the glorious expansion. The generators? Prime for the great journey. The gates of the gale awaits my key. My centuries here come to an end at long last. It inspires misty recollections. Landmarks punctuating the passage of time often do. But there is no time for nostalgia or reflection. The world of my father and the men like him... Those who saw me as weak and frail thing, all will soon be me. And then we get to the next page, and it's a really cool half-page splash. So it's and it's it's a horizontal half page. So the top half of the two pages is makes one big giant image. Bob, do you want to describe it? Yeah, it's uh it's it's from uh, higher up, looking down uh, from behind Zola, and he's standing on on a platform that's elevated. And all around him, before him, are armed mutates, his his loyal troops, prepared to to go off and battle on Earth. And he is addressing them. Children of Zola, 
mutates the reflection of my soul, born of the frail life harvested on this world. Rejoice! You are twisted into existence for this day. Bread for your conflict and hate, mandatory if you are to accomplish what comes next. Love of a hatred so pure, it will guide you through the war to come. You, my avatars, are incapable of failing, for you serve me, my children, the rightful inheritors of the world you march on. They are your children as well, genetically engineered to cherish them as much as I. The rightful king and queen of the miraculous blue gem you set out to cleanse. Your hide and armor are thick. Your serrated teeth are sharp. And should your terrible claws fail you, your napalm whips will not. Incinerate any who oppose you. Assimilate the rest. Your syringe rifles contain the radiant consciousness of Zola, the all-life. In it, they will be born again within my perception. Cure the fodder hosts of their own medicine perspectives. For too long you have suffered while these soft, weak things have feasted. For too long you have lived on little while they have gored on much. You have thrived in dirt, while they bemoan life in crystal streams, but no more. Today the chaos of their way ends. Today the era of Zola begins. Let's just stop for a second, Rick. There's so much to unpack here, Bob. Let's just stop to appreciate Remender's writing here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, really, he gets Zola. And uh, it is both poetic and horrifying, uh, but so very much in character. And I I mean, I really give him credit for the writing in in this series, but this is just like a set piece that really illustrates uh, his skill set. I agree. I agree. Um, I I, I would. It's like, wow. Zola can give just as good a speech as Cap can. He can. I mean, it's very Shakespearean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really yeah. can. Yeah. He's, you know, he's inspiring his mutates to go and, you know, do this, this, you know, evil act um, and giving them the reason behind doing it and justification um, really well. Now, also, one of the panels, um, we do see in shadow a female who is watching all this in the background. Now, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's Jet, right? You know, she's seeing this and, and you know, maybe she's, it's it's confirming in her that, okay, maybe I, you know, I need to, 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 to make a different choice here. Yeah. But I'm wondering, could it be the character who we see on the mm-hmm. front cover in well, the silhouette? A, there's a telltale giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the holster? It is the holster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the character on the cover had a holster. Yeah. Uh, Jet Black doesn't? Stra- I don't think Jet, she uses her her uh, staff, mm-hmm. right? That's right. 
And this one uh, is not as well as. Um, uh, Yabrik. Yeah, I was going to say Jet Black has a little bit more. Uh, uh, hair. Long, I mean, their hair is a different no, style. She's no. got it up. No, what's going with that? She her, she had bigger boots? um bigger boots. She's got boots, yeah. Yeah, but we're not seeing the boots. It's huh. you know, she's got huge trucks of land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rick, Rick, Rick. Uh, this one looks a little bit more uh athletic. Right, yeah. Slimmer build. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So then we cut back to Ian beating on Steve. You stole me away from my family. Brainwashed me. For what? A another youth to endanger in your patriotic endeavors? And he nails him again in the back. And Steve's just trying to resist. Another loyal sidekick to help oppress any who dare stand up against you? Steve just barely puts up his shield to protect himself from the onslaught. You preach justice and truth. What was my truth? The, the truth you chose for me. Truth you used to turn me against my own father. And just nails him again. All those lost years in that moldy cave. I, I, I should have been safe. I should have been a king. And he's holding Steve up by his his uniform on his chest you you would have been a monster I, I was saving you saving me you cost me everything and he puts his pistol up to steve's face never intended i i saw a child in danger raised you with all the love i had love if that's your idea of love, you're further gone than Zola said. And just then Steve punches him. And the gun goes off missing Steve. No way through. He's too far in. Get away. Back to Earth. Regroup. Come back. Uh, I'll bring help. Reed Richards can help. Hits me. Hard as yet. It's not mind control. What if... What if it's just how the boy feels? What if he actually hates me? And he he kind of stumbles away. But Ian grabs his pistol and Captain Zelandia's jagged shield. And he has a look of, what would you say that look on his face is, Bob? It's hatred, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, he's gritting his teeth. He's He's just full of rage. Come on, Dad. Let's just get it over with. Let's fight our way to a solution. After all, isn't that what you really stand for? Now we cut to um, we cut to Jet Black, who is walking with a mutate, uh, not a mutate, uh, a frax, a, a female frax, um, and going up to, I guess, uh, a guarded door where there are two mutates there with their, their staffs. What are you fools doing? We're under attack. Go. Find Captain America. Kill the intruder. Yes, yes. Feast on the face. 
And as they leave, she goes and she opens up the door with apparently her strength and just rips the door apart. And then who's in there but more female fracks? Because I am not here to hurt you. I am here to save you. I am going to get you home. I cannot undo what my father has done, but I do bring some good news. I ordered your children left alive, hidden against my father's orders. They are in your cave waiting for you. Come, we must hurry. I will get you home to them. So that's interesting, Bob. Um, so her first act of something altruistic was not pulling cap hanging from that, you know, last issue. Um mm-hmm hanging from that she actually previously to that had saved the children right yeah and uh it's interesting she may not even realized at the time why she did it but it Mm. was you know probably the that little consciousness right Mm -hmm. just eating away inside of her and 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 she did it to to satisfy that it wasn't until rescuing cap saving his life that maybe the pieces connected for her Right. Yeah. So she's walking up to, uh, she's in a hangar and there's a, a really weird looking rocket ship there. And she's walking on a, a, a walkway um, that is high up and there are two guards there, but these guards look a little bit, they don't have like the, the small poles anymore. Like these have like huge hatchets. Uh, a little bit, little. I believe the technical term is a halberd. Is it? I don't know. I, I just like saying that. Halberd. Halberd. Yeah. How do you spell that? Halberd. H-A-L-B-A-R-D, maybe? Or E-R-D. I'm not sure. Okay. Why don't yeah. you come back to me when you have something to <laughs> value to provide to this, this show? Yes, our yes, listeners expect yes, more, Bob. Yeah. You know, our listeners don't just sit around and wait for your little pinter panter to you know, just go, oh, okay. Uh, you know uh, what? Look, My staff... My staff would never address me this way in my dreams. Uh, you know what? Uh, you leave your staff out of, out of my dreams. <laughs> I don't... All right. So Jet is walking up with uh, the all of these um, female fracks that she rescued. What am this? Fracks not go to Rocket Bay? Not the word of Zola. He never said this good. Not even you can deny, princess. I do not deny it. And she goes up and she has two killing strikes into their throats at the same time. And it makes a noise, Bob. (laughs) Hurry into the rocket bay. Run. We must go now before you are discovered. That time has passed, Jet. You have been discovered, treacherous daughter. And... It is Zola coming from the sky, landing down on a couple of the female fracks, and it makes a loud noise, Bob. <laughs> Why would it make that loud noise? How would you describe? I mean, you know, we've all seen Zola. He he doesn't look that intimidating. He's just a small little guy in a box. But how would you describe this version of Zola? Yeah, he he has transferred his consciousness into a much larger version so he still has his his face screen in the middle of his torso but we're talking a exponentially larger almost hulk-like 
uh, probably even larger than than Hulk, red bodied with uh, looks to be a steel or some sort of metal spikes embedded all the way up and down his his limbs uh, on mm-hmm. his knuckles uh, up his torso, and and he's got three three uh, weapons cannons attached to the top of his torso, where normally you'd have that sort of little camera device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a battle Zola. Battle Zola. Yeah. Stop this. You have an army of mutates. You don't need them. You said so yourself. Need? It has nothing to do with it. This is my disgust at your sudden descent into compassion for this father. To risk your standing when we are so close for these things. It is beneath Azola. I raised you better than this weakness. What is weak is that I didn't unstand against your atrocities sooner. And then she pulls out her battle staff and leaps at him. Hey, Bob, I'm just going to pause here. What is she wearing? <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> it's the same question you ask me every issue. Yeah, but maybe, uh, maybe this is the first time someone's listening. Uh, fair enough. They okay. have no idea how how you would describe Jet Black. Yeah. Well, Jet is a uh, as an athletic woman. Some would say buxom. Uh, and her her uniform. You know, those, those two don't necessarily the same thing. Oh, no, they're not. No. Yeah. And, and you so you're often... saying she's got the benefits of being athletic. Yeah. And the benefits of being buxom. Yeah. What does buxom mean, Bob? Uh, it means well endowed. Where? In the torso area. She has a large stomach. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even I wasn't even looking at that. But uh, now that you mentioned it, very trim, very trim and lean. Mm. But she has some very large uh, breastuses. Oh, yes. And um, but how would she, you know, Bob? Because what is she wearing? Well, she's wearing, um, you know, the top is is very revealing. It's almost like a uh, like a halter top. Is that a halter? Is that right? You know, it's just sort of a black material covering her breasts. And and she's got what well, it would almost be like a black bikini bottom. I, I was like, a, it's like a sports bra. Yeah, like a sports bra. That's probably the yeah. best, best description. And like bikini briefs. And but all down her arms and her legs, there are black uh, uh, rings of fabric around her upper arms, her wrists, her upper thighs, her lower thighs, her calves, uh, her her tops of her feet, and they're all connected with lines of black fabric. And of course, this is her her power, right? She has the power. I think it's called omnisense. So this, mm-hmm. this ability to, uh, to really focus on one particular sense, whether it's hearing or sight or um, um, just the feeling, the tactile feeling on her skin. And so she exposes her skin in order to enhance the ability to use these omnisenses. And would you say she's really enhanced, Bob? I would say she, in this particular panel, I, I have never seen her as enhanced. <laughs> And then uh, we see in that panel someone saying, I'm curious, Father, which I thought was a good juxtaposition, right? Because here's um, Black, Jet Black, going up against her father, Zola. And then it says, I'm curious, Father, but that's Ian saying to Steve. So you have father-daughter, father-son battles going on here. 
I'm curious, Father, of all the nations of your home earth, what makes America so important you stand only for it? Why would a noble man choose only one section of his homeworld to protect? Perhaps you imagine your nation to be vastly superior to all others. Perhaps it's hubris, and he shoots at him, but Cap puts up his shield. The exclusionary arrogance of a fascist pig. Well, Steve being called a fascist, that doesn't happen too often. That's a, that's a turnabout. Yeah. Yeah. And he keeps firing at him. Champion of the status quo, a pious mercenary, protector of an elite nation built by slaves. You are no champion of truth and justice. You're a delusional guardian of the rich and greedy. And then he, after he, he can't get through shooting at him. So he then comes at him with the Captain Zelandia shield and Cap just puts up his shield and it makes a noise, Bob. Quing! Really think it was that high pitched? Quing! <laughs> really think it was that low, Bob? Quing! Uh, <laughs> my father has shown me show me what you really are and he's punching him and knocks him back knocks a shield out of his hand caps turning and, and crawling towards his shield crawling helpless bleeding on your belly while stronger person subjugates you how does it feel how does your justice feel and all, Bob, wowzers. What a page. What a page. When you turn the page, what do you see there? That is crazy, right? I mean, Zola is coming up behind Steve. Don't call him Zola. That's just mean. All right. Ian. Ian. Leopold uh, comes up behind and is driving Captain Zolandia's shield into Steve's back. And I mean, you could see the pain on Steve's face and, and he's got a whole Rocky look to him, right? He's got his right eye is, is, is swollen over. He needs Mick to come out with the, with the razor and cut his eye open so he can continue the fight. You know, there's blood splattering everywhere. It's coming out of his mouth and, and out of his eyes. I mean, it's a, it's a horrific scene. It really is. It's horrible to look at. And I would say this jagged shield has probably gone into Steve's back about five or six inches. That's a good estimate. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, where I come from, that's more like 10 or 12. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that was like a two thirds page splash. I mean, it's just that impactful, no pun intended image. That, you know, it just, it really is a huge, huge panel. It's like two thirds page splash. Then the bottom one third is Ian standing over a fallen Steve with this shield sticking into his back. And Steve's just laying there with his head down. And Ian's reaching for something behind his back under his cape. My father showed me that strength is the true measurement of the value of life. Show me what you Americans do to the weaker nations of your world. The grotesque hypocrisy is what we Zolas despise. 
what we will this very day, a race. And Steve's coughing with blood just dripping. And he says, Ian, he's in your head. Listen to me, son. I'm not your son. I'm a child you abducted. And he puts his pistol to Steve's head. And Steve looks up at him. That's not true. Somewhere down deep, you know that. No matter what you say, no matter what lies he's planted in your head, I love you, Ian. Why do you keep calling me Ian? My name is Leopold. That's his name for you. You can choose. Choose who you want to be. I'm nothing like my father, Ian. Spent my life running from his shadow. Spent my life avoiding his mistakes. You can too. You could choose your name. Shut up. You don't have to be Azola. You could be my son. Shut up. Choose a name, son. Choose the one that feels right. I'll die happy if I know it was your choice for yourself. And then tears start to come to Ian's eyes. I, my name is, my name is Ian. Dad knew it. Knew you'd come to see. It's okay. Just take a breath. Put the gun down. It's going to be... And then the next page, Bob. We turn to the next page. And it's just one gigantic splash page. What is going on here? Oh my gosh, Rick. Uh, it's it's all Ian in this entire splash page. And he has a shocked look on his face. The gun is falling from his hand. And it's all because we see the tracer of a bullet that has just been fired through his, uh, it appears, his neck. Uh, and you can see where the entrance is and you can see the exit wound as the, as the round continues on its way. And you see a great deal of blood uh, coming out at the entrance wound. So he has just been shot through the neck. Wow. That's quite the full page splash image. It's just an, it's impactful. And he falls over on the next page, not just falls over, but he falls off the bridge into I, I don't want to call it a lava pit, but it, it was No, it was it was the pit um that Zola used to dissolve the frocks into its constituent like organic matter so yeah. he could refashion them into mutates. And as he's falling, Steve just yells out no. And Ian just falls in. And at the bottom of the page, Steve says, no, dear God, no, as he's reaching for him. And then you see a boot, a white boot 
standing next to Steve. It's okay, Steve. I got him. You're safe now. And then we turn the page. And the last page, as has been a lot in the in this series, is a full page splash. And who's there, Bob? Oh my gosh, it's Sharon. What? And she's looking good. Bob, is that all you think about? Well, we just I'm had ju- this really impactful moment. Yeah. And you're just going to comment on her looks? Well, I'm just I'm just saying she looked young and energetic and Yeah. Right, go ahead, Bob. What uh, is she wearing a skin tight uh, uniform, Bob? Well, now that you mention it, I hadn't noticed, but she is. <laughs> With lots of holsters. Yeah. And a couple and she- pouches. Yeah, and she's saying, as uh, she's holding the smoking gun, as a, as if just to reemphasize who shot Ian through the neck. She looks down. She smiles. I'm gonna get you out of here. And Steve turns and looks up, with the big jagged shield still stuck on his back of his chest, and a pile, and a pool of blood. He looks up and says, "Sharon." To be continued. Wowzers, Rick. I know. Rick Remender is a good writer. He really is. Yeah. Um, lots of twists and turns, these cliff cliffhangers, Shakespearean sort of uh, poetry uh, in, in his speechifying. Um there's there's a lot to really like here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh all right. Uh, before we get into our favorite panel, t-shirt worthy and and uh, time capsule, um, any overall thoughts or anything you want to share? No, uh, it's just getting better and better, Rick. And now we see uh, Sharon has found Steve Rogers. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what what's I mean, he's been there for what, 12 years, 12 China. years. Yeah, 12 years. And uh, I guess she kept looking for him all these years. Right, Rick. And and now she's found him and they got to get out of there. But in the, the battle ain't over yet. We know that. Right. Zola's mm-hmm. on his way and, and Jet's still out there. So we got some wrapping up to do. Uh, tie up some so. So wait a minute. They haven't made it to Earth yet. Right. That. Like they're still on their way there, and yet Sharon's there. Like, yeah, I I need to know what's going on. Right. Yeah. There's some mysteries that that have to be uh, have to be resolved here um, before this story ends. But uh, man, so far, I mean, I've just as I've told you before, uh, I've said this time and time and again, I absolutely love this story arc, and uh, and I'm so glad we're doing it, and I hope our listeners are uh, diving back into it. Because like me, I'm sure a lot of them read it when it came out, one issue at a time, and uh, and maybe it didn't ring their bell. But uh, reading it through or listening to it through uh, or diving deep like we are really um, does, you know, uh, make it clear that this this is a classic, I think, in the Cap mythos and uh, mm-hmm. should not be overlooked. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and and you know we have the 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 retrospect, you know, looking back 10 years later, you know, we have the, the beauty of doing that. And um, so we know what happens with Ian Rogers, but I got to say, when I read this, uh, 
I really, I, I do think I, that he died. I do think he was killed because I think part of me was saying, thinking for the last, I don't know, four or five issues, you know, when Steve finally makes it back home, he's going to be a dad. He's going to have Ian as a son. That's going to really complicate things. I got to work. Yeah. It, it can't even have a girlfriend. Right. Like, how, how is that going to change him? It's like, how is he going to make it? And then when when Sharon shoots him and he falls over into the pit, um, it was like, oh, OK. Uh, resolved. Yeah. He's not going to make it. And, you know, so now we because, you know, I we don't know it's a 12 part story or 10 part story, I should say. Right. We don't yeah. know. There's only two parts left at this point. It wasn't yeah. like part eight of 10, you know, like they, they didn't announce that. So. Um, yeah, I, it just, it was, I, I did, I thought Ian was dead. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. All right. So we're going to get into favorite panel. Uh, I go first on this one. You went first last time, um, on the, uh, Hyde and Scorpion. I think you went first. So okay, all it's right. my turn. I, I, I keep track of these things, but I'm sure you do. You know why I do? You do. You're not going to be cheated of your first time. No, 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 no. <laughs> nah, I could care less. I really could care less. No, I have my notes here because of all my edits that I do, right? Uh -huh. And uh -huh. I write these things down. Bob goes first. Rick goes first. And I write these things down as I'm wow. editing them. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. just because I, I think our listeners care. I really think they it matters to them. They, what would Cap do, Bob? They, you know, would would Cap yeah. would Cap just you know button line? I don't think so. Yeah, I'd hate to i I'd hate to hear the messages, the reviews we get if we accidentally, like you went first twice or I went first twice. They'd be exactly. all over us. Yeah, I know. Cats and dogs living together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's for the listeners, Bob. It is. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's let's dive in then, Rick. What's your what's your favorite panel? As if I don't know. Well, uh, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know, but I'm going to tell you. Uh, if we don't count the recap page, I don't count that, right? I think the first page of art I count as page one. Um, I'm going to yeah. go with page four, first panel. That's the one where Cap rips the shield out of the jugular of the mutate and we get to see that ribbon with the star going uh-huh i that's my favorite panel really? I, I i had not seen that before i thought it was really cool i i literally paused in the middle of the story to comment on how cool i thought that was yeah i saw that one coming from miles away rick okay <laughs> did i take yours or no not you... at all you know my favorite actually is on i think it's page eight it's when it's when jet black rips open the door with her bare hands with the with the female frocks mm -hmm. uh sort of terrified and looking to see who's coming through the door i, I like okay. this panel. so page 10 okay is it page 10 it's page 10 wait i might you know math is not my thing um anyway so I, I really, I, I like that panel uh, for a number of reasons. One is uh, I like, I like the way the frocks are drawn. I love the way that they're turning and they're seeing what's coming through the door and they're terrified and, and we can feel what they're feeling. But the other thing is, Rick, I love a redemption story. Mm -hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. any cha- I mean, I, this is my thing. Uh, like I, in my personal life, in the, in the stuff that I like to read, I love, I love when somebody gets a second chance, right. Or a third chance or whatever, but they turn it around. You know, it's one of the reasons I love when we did the fantasy football, uh, we talked to, you, you made a rule that you had to have uh, uh, a former foe turned ally. I love that stuff. Um, you ever watch vanilla sky? No, no. Oh my God. Uh, it's Tom it's, Cruise. Yeah. It's my second favorite movie. Really? I heard like, it was bad. Really? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think, I think it, you know, it's a, it's a personal preference sort of thing. And I can see where a lot of folks would not find it interesting or entertaining, but for me, um, it, it's a great movie. And right. it's a remake from a Japanese, a Japanese version. I think my wife owns it on DVD. Does she? You should check it out. Um, <clears throat> there's a, there's a saying it's said twice in that movie. Penelope Cruz says it early on. Oh, I like Penelope Cruz. Yeah. And Tom Cruise uh, says it, uh, says Are the they married? as well. And they're not. Why do they have the same name? It's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. They spell it differently, but it's a good point. Nonetheless, um, every passing minute is another chance to turn it all around. Mm. I love that line uh, because mm-hmm. it's true, right? Every, for each of us, all of us, every one of us, every passing minute is a chance to like have a fresh start to try. And so I, I love redemption stories. And I love this because this is, this is Jet Black's redemption, right? It's her chance to turn it all around, to leave the Zola part behind and to be something new uh, mm-hmm. in her own making. Uh, and so this panel right there speaks to that for me, and, and which is why I love it. Yeah, that and she's wearing a skin tight uniform. Well, that, and yeah, then, that as well. You, know, you see, get to see her full body. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not blind. <laughs> uh, All right. Oh, uh, what do you want to do for T-shirt worthy, Bob? Okay, t-shirt worthy. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mm, think I'm. Going... I love how you're so prepared for these. Oh, things. I am, but um, mm-hmm. I think it's you page two. We were doing a, you thought we were doing a different issue. Page two. Yeah, but I'm. I read ahead, Rick. Oh, God. So now I've read ahead. You uh, let's listen. The viewers, uh, listeners, should know that you just read this right before we started. Yeah, because I have. I have I'm a weeks job, ahead, Bob. <laughs> I got stuff going on. <laughs> you told me you were drinking a glass of wine and having hors d'oeuvre desserts. What? But- You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Page two. Um, middle panel. It's it when work function. When, when, <laughs> when Cap is kicking Captain Zolandia in the teeth. Mm-hmm. I love I love that. Right. Uh, and we don't see Cap. We just see his 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 from the knees down, essentially, and his left boot connecting with Zolandia's teeth. But I also I, I also love those two uh, uh, dialogue uh, frames for Steve, where he says, no, she was the reason I became a soldier reason I fought for America. I, I like that. I like the whole composition there. And I wouldn't mind having that on a T-shirt. OK. Not by Fair yourself, enough. Rick. Fair enough. Of course, everybody would have to, you'd have to explain to everybody. They'd be like, who is she? Yeah. And well, you'd you have know, to say, I, oh, well, that's, that's Steve Rogers' mother. Yeah. It's like, it's like the equivalent of like, ask me why I'm a vegetarian. It's a conversation starter. And you know me, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. You eat people too? <laughs> <laughs> I would if I had to. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm that kind of vegetarian. Let me tell you. Note to sell. Do not be on a plane that's going down yeah. with Bob Lucius. Yeah. If we're in the Andes, you might want to take <laughs> a different flight. Uh, pretty much. Um, all right. So for me, the t-shirt worthy, I I gotta go with the very last page, page 20. Uh, where Sharon is staring standing over Steve. I mean Bowser's what an image uh Steve's got a a jagged shield stuck in his back yikes I mean talk yeah. about talk about what you know people would be like uh what is that from and then you gotta you gotta Sharon with with so many holsters and uh standing over cap saying I'm gonna get you out of here that's yeah. going on a t-shirt for me Bob because that's, that, that's not just a uh, an image across a chest that's a full yeah. front of a yeah. t-shirt right you're there. not tucking that bad boy in oh no i never tuck a t-shirt in who really? does that i don't know i, you know, I want to look fancy fancy what you <laughs> do you walk around i mean come on who tucks a t-shirt in and i'm pissing off about 30 percent of our <laughs> listeners right now <laughs> huh? I, oh I, not only that but i tuck my wife beaters in so, oh, yeah. that's oh yeah, that's the, that's the that's classy. For. Yeah, uh, you tuck them into your 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 jogging pants. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> uh, right. Now we're pissing off five percent of our listeners. Oh my god! <laughs> just I'm dropping. Listeners are dropping off left and right. Oh, do you think they've listened this long? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they have, if they have not, they're going to miss out on uh, your time capsule. My time capsule, Bob, is going to go two pages earlier where it's just a one page splash of Ian getting shot in the in the neck. Mm. Uh, that is going in my time capsule. That to me is uh, a, a very momentous occasion and will have ramifications in the future. So right. that's going right. in my time capsule. How, how about you, Bob? All right. Well, this is, you know, this, uh, we've had this issue, this challenge uh, throughout this story arc where we've done these issues. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to find uh, a time. Well, capsule. Some of them were easy because they had yeah. backflashes to when yeah. Steve was young. I'm going to go with, there's two things. I it's on page five. So mm -hmm. it's when uh, it's, it's when, you know, Zola's in his, his, his throne rocket room. Uh, and he's a, he's not, he hasn't quite addressed his crowd yet, but he's right, that's talking page, to, that's page 14. I, I know, but going on page five, <laughs> when he's talking to like his two, like senior minions, I guess. Right, that's and, page 17. Is it? No, it's, I'm, I'm talking on page five. I, I'm, right? I'm messing with you. Oh, yes, it's all right. Page okay. five. All right. And so there's two things I like about this. One is they're, are they using paper? Yeah, I mean, or something like that. They, I don't they know. have all this technology, but but they've got Zola's orders written down on on paper. So mm. I find that amusing. And the other thing is, we see Zola, we see Zola's like face right in his torso, and he's holding a drink. Yeah, what is up with that? What's up with that? Right? Yeah, and he's sipping from it. Yes, I mean, what is this? <laughs> I love that. I can't quite wrap my head around it. But okay. All he's right. pretending to be human. What's he got going on in there? You know, I don't know. But did thing. you find it interesting that he said, I have been here for centuries? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that will be explained later, right? Um, I, I don't know. I haven't read ahead like you. Well, I mean, Cap, Steve's been there 12 years. 
And we all know that, Bob. We, we know that, right? But we don't know how much time has passed outside for him. Yeah, but still centuries? That's a so, long time. That's you know, longer than 12 years. I mean, I'm not a math major, but that's that's at least three or four times 12 years. Well, maybe it's a logarithmic, pro, uh, you know, projection here. Maybe, you know, 12 years is uh, a day and, you know, a couple centuries. Maybe mm. time moves faster the longer you're in there. You know what's moving slow? This episode. We got to move on. <laughs> To, uh, to, to get this going. All right. So I promised everybody we would talk about what is going to be coming out next episode. We're making a trip back to 1986. We are going to do Captain America 317. All right. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Uh, no, Captain America 317. Uh, what is special about this particular issue? Well, um, this is the one, it's a famous cover, right? It's like a yellow background and it's just, it's Captain America holding a bow and arrow and cocking it. And then next to him is Hawkeye holding Captain America's shield. We all know that one. And uh, it's, a, it's a story, uh, well... It's a story with Hawkeye, and we'll just leave it at that. So yeah. we're going to do Captain America 317, written by Mark Grunewald, art by Paul Neary. that came out in 1986. That should be a fun one. So come back next episode for that. All right. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, okay, Bob. This has been uh, a good episode. I, I'm really digging this story. I can't wait to come back in episode 157 for four weeks from now to do number nine. Uh, these these cliffhangers are killing me. I, I, I really can't wait to see what's going on with Sharon Carter in Dimension Z. Yeah, I might even read it. Oh, I did. Never mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis. You have been listening to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.